You might have missed it in a busy season of budgets, baseball, and bickering. But the White House earlier this month issued two executive orders. They follow on earlier ones ordering federal agencies to alter their approach to regulation with a focus on guidance documents. With what it all means, from the law firm of Holland and Knight, partner Eric Crucius. Eric, good to have you back. Great to be here. Thank you. So these executive orders came out earlier in October, and they didn't get a lot of attention. But what is the issue with guidance documents? And maybe explain the distinction between them and formal rulemaking. Sure. As as you're well aware, and probably a lot of people listening are well aware, um, formal rulemaking has to go through a process of public notice and comment. And that allows um, certain regulations and executive orders to kind of guide that process and what can go into the regulations. Um, Guidance documents are a completely different animal where an agency traditionally has just been able to create these guidance documents or guidance, place them on their website or not, and um, hold contractors accountable to what's in those guidance documents. And they don't have to go through the formal rulemaking process of public notice. Um, there's a, oftentimes contractors aren't aware that they exist. So um, for the contracting community, um, they can be helpful, I will say, uh, when they explain a rule or regulation that's not entirely clear. But oftentimes they're used as a sword against contractors um, when an agency doesn't like something a contractor is doing. And, uh, and they use that guidance documents to essentially back up um, the agency's position sometimes, even though the contractor may not be aware that the guidance document exists, and, and for good reason, because they haven't had notice of it. Can you give us an example of a guidance document that might have come out for contractors? Sure. Um, I focus a lot in the, um, on the Department of Labor regulations impacting contractors as well as cybersecurity. If you look on um, DOL's website, and I'll just preface the discussion by saying, essentially, it's not entirely clear what a guidance document is, even from the executive order. I think that's going to be more thoroughly defined as we go through this process when OMB releases its memorandum. So some things that we think are guidance documents may not be, and some things that we don't think are guidance documents may wind up being categorized that way. But if you just look, uh, for instance, on the Department of Labor's website, they um, have a ton of guidance out there to help contractors interpret it. various uh, executive orders and regulations such as and statutes, such as the Service Contract Act, um, non-displacement of qualified workers. They have um, worksheets and even whole books um, dedicated to that. And the books do sometimes say things that are not in the regulations. Um, they're, they're clearly connected to the regulations, but they go above and beyond uh, what the regulations say. So it's kind of an example that's out there, um, and it's kind of it's kind of a double-edged sword, as I alluded to earlier, because sometimes the guidance can be helpful to get point contractors in the right direction uh, when a regulation is not entirely clear, which does happen from time to time. But oftentimes, these um, guidance documents are used to put additional burdens on contractors that they may not have notice on. And as you point out in your blog post on the whole issue, the White House really had a tough definition of guidance documents. He, You quote the president as calling them pernicious kind of regulation imposed by unaccountable bureaucrats in the form of commentary. And maybe right. maybe not. I mean, it's, it's hard to impute motives to people doing it. But what happens in the absence of guidance if there's a dispute over a law or regulation between a contractor and a contracting officer? That's a really good question. 
if there's not any guidance there, a lot of times the courts will defer to an agency interpretation of a regulation. So while this, I think these these twin executive orders are going to have a significant impact on how government contractors operate. Um, that impact could be hemmed a little bit by the fact that, um, and there was a recent Supreme Court decision that essentially said this: that if a regulation is vague, um, the the issuing um, agency can interpret the regulation in a way, in a manner that's consistent with with what they feel is consistent with the regulation, even if a contractor disagrees. So they, the agencies are given deference in interpreting their own regulations because they're viewed by courts as having the expertise to do that. They have the expertise to draft them, and they have the expertise to to um, interpret them. It may be a little bit unfair because usually in uh, contract law, if um, if there's something that's vague within a contract um, that's interpreted against the person or the party who drafted that that portion of the contract. And here, you the agency kind of gets the benefit of drafting something that's vague and then taking advantage of that. I'm not saying that this is they're doing this on purpose, by, by the way, but kind of taking advantage of that vagueness um, when there's a dispute about how it should be interpreted. So um, in the abs- long story short, in the absence of guidance documents, I wouldn't be surprised that if courts rely on kind of uh, post-agency um, interpretation of, a, of that regulation. We're speaking with Eric Crucius. He's a partner at the law firm Holland and Knight. So the executive order talks about improved guidance documents, but not eliminating them. So what do agencies do you think have to do to wrap up the, the guidance question? There's a few things that the executive order is going to require, which I think one of them is particularly helpful, and, and that is putting all the guidance documents in one place on the internet for people to kind of pull. Because, you know, it's not a mystery out there that it's very difficult for contractors and even government contracts attorneys to find out what the current rule and requirements are um, and the guidances that's out there. So having a central database of, the, of that guidance uh, will be very helpful, and I think that's a really laudable goal of the executive order. Um, also, it's going to require agencies to look at guidance that they have now and determine whether it should still be in place and if it's consistent with the law. And for new guidance that's going to be issued to kind of go through a, set, a pseudo rulemaking process with public notice and comment. So it'll be interesting to see if that slows down the pace of issues, issuance of guidance. I suspect it will, but perhaps it'll lead to better guidance that's more consistent with the regulations also. The second executive order, called Promoting the Rule of Law Through Transparency and Fairness in Civil Administration Enforcement and Adjudication. Just briefly, what is that one all about, and what do agencies have to do? So it's kind of an extension of the uh, first executive order, and it really uh, goes to the fact that sometimes contractors are held to standards they're not aware of, and in holding contractors to those standards, um, agencies take enforcement actions against contractors, which can be viewed to be unfair. Um, so this, this executive order's aim is really to kind of eliminate that unfair surprise that comes from um, the fair the fair notice and warning that that is implicit at any time that a contractor should be held to a standard. It shouldn't be a mystery. You know, most clients I talk to, almost every client I talk to just says, I want to comply with the law, just tell me what to do. And um, oftentimes that's not such an easy answer because these guidance documents are difficult to find or not or or not very uh, accessible to contractors or their or the counsel 
or attorneys who regularly practice in this area. So that's what this uh, executive order is aiming to curtail. And the responsibility for having all of this happen, who is it within the agency? It's not the contracting officers. It sounds like it would be the deputy secretary for management or someone at that level. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out as we go over the next uh, number of months, because this is not, especially for larger agencies like DOD or DOL, this is not an easy task. Um, It's going to require quite a heavy lift. Um, So... um, yeah, I would imagine somebody at that level, I'm sure they'll designate a lot of the work uh, to levels below them. But in the end, um, I imagine that you're correct. Eric Crucius is a partner at the law firm Holland and Knight. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to his blog post at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's Sentence Clarity Rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com podcasts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.